You are listening to the Safety Heroes podcast, the podcast where we delve into the world of safety professionals and explore the critical role they play in ensuring every human goes home safely. Our guests are the unsung heroes and natural leaders of the safety space. If you're in the safety space or have no clue what happens in safety functions, this podcast is for you. Join us as we celebrate these heroes, hear their stories, and discover the human side of safety and make sure it's constantly evolving for the safety of our people. My name is Musa. I'm the founder and CEO of Pixera and your host for these episodes. Because when it comes to safety, every hero deserves a voice. So welcome to the Safety Heroes Podcast. Welcome back today. I'm thrilled to welcome our guest, Carol Smits. Carol strongly believes that sustainability means business. She has dedicated over 20 years of her life to the pursuit of safer, healthier, more equal, and more environmentally conscious corporate landscapes. Her impressive work is shaping the future of sustainability and safety across businesses globally with a strong emphasis on valuing people. As the recently appointed Health and Safety Director at Pernodica, a leading voice in sustainability and a woman and leadership advocate, Carol is highly regarded for her work in sustainability strategy, due diligence, and human rights. Today, we'll get to hear about her exciting journey and how her belief that sustainability and business go hand in hand. Carol, thank you for sharing with me today. Hello, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to discuss with you. Great. Okay, Carol, let's start from the beginning. So tell us about your personal journey and what inspired you to pursue a career in the space. So, I mean, it started years ago with environment, and then I started my journey as an environmental engineer, and then started to uh, deep dive into wastewater treatment, and then progressively moved to environment, to health and safety. And then health and safety very much resonate to who I am as a person in terms of caring and building a safe place for people to strive. And then I moved to corporate sustainability, which was for me a perfect place to be because corporate sustainability means the connection between environment, health and safety, human rights, you mentioned that before, people, planets, and working for international company, growth and profit. So the three Ps, people, planet, profit, is where I like operating. Obviously, I have a focus currently as Pernoreca for uh, health and safety and well-being but it's I very much like look at this topic of the people connected with the environment how the climate could impact the people working and delivering the growth of our company biodiversity and how all these topics are interconnected that's great maybe you can take us through why is this topic important you know why is sustainability why is the environment something that people talk about and why is safety something that people talk about and why does this function exist honestly i think we should not have this function in the company that has to be embedded in everybody every leaders a dream of holistic leaders who are looking at planet people and profit in the same way Currently, in most of the organization, we still need these people, so I'm part of them, who help and support the journey of global organization. And I think it's very important to build a sustainable future. And whether that means build a sustainable future is really to make sure our company will continue existing in the future, having safe workplace for people to strive, and obviously an environment, for in the case of Pernod Ricard, 
raw material that enable us to continue delivering our great products. So I think obviously those people are needed, necessary in our company, but maybe my dream will be that everybody, every leader, every employees have a holistic perspective and decide looking at planet, people and productivity at the same time. This is so well put. It's like sustainability is a long-term game. I love what you said. It's like your long-term survival exact. has I to mean, do with this. Exact. I mean, building a sustainable future is building a sustainable business. And for the Pernod Ricard, the example of Pernod Ricard, it's a family-owned company. And the company comes from Pernod and Ricard, two, two people. The CEO is still Alexandre Ricard, who is the, a member of the family. And that's a family-owned business business, a family story. And if we want to continue this family story, we have to embed sustainability into the business. And if you reflect on beyond sustainability, also people's health, is that actually something that matters as much? Ultimately, every company wants profit, but do people actually get hurt mentally or physically in these organizations? And what's the impact of people getting hurt? That's the ambition. So that's my work within Pernod Ricard and my mandate from Alexandre Ricard. It's to make sure that every employees, as well as subcontractors, so people working for Pernod Ricard, are not injured delivering our great product. I mean, it's embedded and that's, that's discussed on a regular basis with the CEO. There's no way to be proud of our product if someone has been injured to deliver the product. So it's very important. It's discussed on a daily basis and there's ambition, there's roadmap, there's KPI, there's all the tools to make it happen. Great. And, and what excites you most about all this, Carol, about your role every day? So let's put it like this. I'm very sad when I'm informed that someone has been injured while delivering product because I think that no one deserves being injured by doing this job. That's not discussion for me. So why I very much like my job because I want everybody to be proud of our products, to be proud of being part of this great company and to protect everybody, to make sure everybody is safe at the end of their working day. It's so fascinating. It's like the, the thought of going to work, you know, saying bye to your family, they're going to a normal day of work and then getting hurt is something that, you know, sounds very absurd as if it doesn't happen. No one deserves being injured by delivering a product. I mean, that's part of my value. Love that. And I can tell as you're saying it, you're saying it with emotion. It's like you've experienced it and felt what it's like. And a lot of us are very disconnected from that reality. Yeah, really, if when I received information on my computer, because I do receive in events, I go through them. When I receive information that someone has been injured, I feel like so sad. Why? What we could improve? What went wrong? And how we could learn from that to share and prevent this from happening again is really my ultimate motivation because I'm really sad and that's emotional at some point. <laughs> and honestly, it, it feels like such a value to have more uh, women as well in that function because it brings more heart and love and compassion to this topic where a lot of the people in organizations are thinking profit, profit, profit. Do you feel that too sometimes? It's very difficult. I would like to say that women bring 
into the way they are looking at events, they think out of the box in the sense that maybe, but again, I may be biased. Maybe when we are a male engineer, we look at the problem by having in mind to improve equipment, improve machine, etc. Where I think if we have a, a broader view and maybe women bring that into the sales and safety journey. So looking at how people feel, how the pressure impacts the decision of someone, then we think more broadly of what could have happened to what are the main causes of an accident. And then the actions to prevent the accident from happening are no more only technical, but also we look at the organization, we look at the stress of people, we look beyond techniques. I don't know if that's female more than male. That could be biased if we mention that this way, but having a diverse health and safety community definitely offer a diverse perspective on events and the way to fix the gaps. I'm fortunate that I got to work with a few women leaders and I have a lot of conviction that what you say is very, very true and they bring a very different angle to leadership, which is very important because, you know, that's more empathy, putting themselves in other people's shoes and understanding the things that you said around pressure. And it's great to see, honestly. And a question as well here, Carol, is do you find this role difficult, like in general, to look at as a global function, looking after sustainability and, and people's safety? Is it hard? And how does it look like? Like, what, how does the role look like? What are your responsibilities? What are the things that you wake up thinking about? So it's hard to push within an organization, especially when you are a woman, to discuss technical topic with technical people, because sometimes they, they do not feel that you are credible. But I've never thought about my work as being hard because I'm aligned with who I am. So that's very much into my value. I can battle every moment for building a safe place for people to strive because that's part of my value. That's part of my conviction. And I'm very aligned with what I'm doing. And then because I'm driven by value, it's easier for me to overcome some obstacles sometimes because we do have obstacles such as, okay, what is the return on investment for, on health and safety, short-term versus long-term view. So we have to articulate all these obstacles, but if you really value your work, and for me, it's a value-driven project or work, so it's easier, I think, to overcome these obstacles. But it's tough, uh, as all the jobs like are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like not difficult. It's like complicated. There are so many yeah. pieces. Yeah, exactly. And how do you keep yourself up to date? How do you keep track of things that you can implement and, and systems that you can look at? So I strongly believe, especially in health and safety, where most of the global companies have the same goal to protect their employees, I strongly believe in network. I'm lucky to have connection with people who, with, with whom you already discussed with. We share. Sharing is caring. So we share a lot. We uh, share best practices. We also share events so that we inform on events and how to mitigate the risk. And obviously some conference, seminar. But yes, the network is key. And for this safety, we share a lot. Great. And do you have an example of a system or a process or something that was implemented that you believe added value and can add value to other organizations if they look at it? I'm going to tell you a story. So then you know that at health and safety, there's some activities which, if they are not properly performed, 
the likelihood to have a fatal event is important. So this list of activity, we do have some rules to manage these activities. And we very often discuss about this, how to approach these roles, how to develop program to make sure that we are not seriously injured someone or, or have a fatality. Our program is named LIFE. I very much like this word, but that's come from my network as well. We have this program named LIFE, and then we improve by discussing together with my peers to really protect the life of the employee. So my program, Mitigate Risk Associated to High Risk Activity, is named LIFE. And I'm very proud of this program and that has been built with all the knowledge from my peers from other organizations. Love that. It's a very powerful name as well. And any more details that you can provide around how it's implemented, any values that you captured from it or learnings that you captured from that implementation? So it's very much into raising awareness, explaining the goal, what we want to achieve that has to be supported by the leader, the top management of the organization. So now everybody is speaking about life rather than an assessment tool for high risk activity. So also the branding of the program is important. So at the top of the organization, the support on the live program uh, is and sponsor from people is, is very important and consistent to make sure that we identify gaps, then discuss about CapEx associated to the live program and make sure that everything from engagement leaders to capex to tracking to monitoring to roadmap very much link so that's we have this in place this continuous improvement in place to close the gap and build a safer place love it and from your career till now which has been a very extensive career what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned Never give up <laughs> on this topic. Before I joined Pernorica, I was with a consultancy company and I was known as the three P's, passions, patience, and persistence. Mm. So I think I'm this person who is very passionate about product, but also making sure that we continue delivering our product to sustainable business. Passion, because you have to explain and explain and explain again. And persistence, because you have to continue and never give up. I love that. It's also interesting when you think about it from a safety standpoint, it's like, this is what someone who's working on product might say, but it's, it applies across the board, ultimately. Exactly. Perfect. We, we are not so different in safety. I mean, very often the change management projects where leaders have to be convinced and tools implemented, then addressing expectation, having a purpose, explaining the why, and then tracking the progress. So safety is not so different from all the initiative and projects that the company is launching. I think I'm lucky because the goal of this project, my project, is to build a safe place for people to strive. Yeah. And an angle here that is interesting and I find very interesting as we talk to people is, if anything, being in a sustainability and safety function, you have to be more of a leader because you can't operate with ego. Your ultimate goal is to empower other people and understand their emotional situation or behavioral situation to really know what drives them and what could be the root cause. So I'm super impressed that most people within the functions are natural leaders and they need to be leaders. Who The first answer you gave me when I asked you about your journey, you said you believe that the function shouldn't exist. Ultimately, the function's role is to make sure everyone's empowered to understand the value of operating more sustainably and safer. Right, exactly. We have to influence and to explain. We not only have to develop tools, 
we have to really influence and explain the rationale, link our passion to a business, why it's good for the business and the reputation. So yeah, it's, it's beyond technical aspect, definitely. Okay, we're going to move towards best practices a little bit. What from your experience are best practices that organizations should adopt to enhance their you know, sustainability and safety performance? There are very often technical people do, do not think that's needed, that branding your health and safety roadmap or branding your approach. Currently within America, we've launched a movement, which is Be The One Movement, to empower people to act on health and safety. It's very important. And then the work with communication, so people from with a background in communication is, is very important because as we have to influence, we, we have to find the right positioning in terms of branding a program. That's very important. And then obviously there's a lot of technical tools that technical people will implement. But the most important is to have the sponsor, the support of leaders and sponsor at the high level of the organization to make it happen. If there's no alignment between the leadership of the organization and the tool we want to implement, then that could be very complicated. What about technologies, Carl? Have you been exposed to certain technologies that you would recommend or systems that you would recommend that have improved your safety performance? In this regards, I'm a data-driven person. So I very much like collecting data, assessing data. So platform to uh, collect data, lagging and leading indicators, risk profiling and predictive health and safety is where I would like to go. I'm on my journey, but I strongly believe on data. And obviously, data collection, but also the competent people who are able to assess the data and decision making based on data. So I'm, I'm working on that currently uh, within Pernoreca to make sure we have the proper data to decide and to influence. So identifying the weak signals so that we are no more reactive, but proactive in preventing accidents. It allows you to just have a stronger view on what's happening and where you need to focus as well. Exactly. Okay. And, and this, this question is a bit out there, but if you could choose one superpower that improves sustainability and safety across your organization, what would it be? <laughs> superpower. Being able to speak at the ear of my CEO on a daily basis. So <laughs> he, when he, he decides, is a holistic leader deciding making decisions with an holistic perspective on sustainability, safety. is very good at, to, to be honest, I, I can't complain, but even more present close to him. <laughs> I love that. It's like, it stems from the point of, it's always a top-down thing, like leaders need to champion this for it to work. Exactly. And I always love to bring out stories because most of us don't really understand the impact of an incident, you know, the impact it has on, of course, the person's family, the company morale, everything that comes with it, just the emotional and real impact that something like that happens. And I know you worked in many different organizations and you've had a lengthy career. Is there any story without going into details that we can't mention that you think you can at least share some of? allowing listeners to understand how important this role is and what an incident actually feels like and what it entails. So in terms of safety, I, unfortunately, I face some fatality that I've been investigated with people, always emotional. 
But the one I wanted to share was not a fatality, but I remember being in a room with discussing about what we call hazardous energy control. So making sure that when you put your hands into a machine, you will not use your hands or your legs or, or your arms. It's about hazardous energy control. And I was doing a training, facilitating a training on this topic. And we used a case study that the company provided us with on someone who doing maintenance activity forget to protect himself properly because of rush, etc., etc., and lose three fingers. And so we were discussing about this topic. I was not aware, but in the room, we have this person who lost these three figures. And so then we come from explaining a case to really having this person in the room explaining the case, the why this happened, the what had been missed, and the impact on his life, losing his three fingers. For this person who was someone who very much liked music and was, a, 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 I remember the word in English, the violon, violin, yeah, violin yeah. musician, and he was no more able to play music, no more able to play his passion outside of work because at, in 30 seconds, he made the wrong decision or because of pressure, because he wanted to, to move quickly because he didn't have things, etc. It's it's not about the person, but, but more the context. Then he didn't take the proper decision. Then he lost his three fingers and he was with us explaining, crying also, and explaining that this event is still working for this company, but he lost his fingers. He's no more able to play violin. Violin was his passion. He started when he was young and they stopped because of this event. And I feel like I was no, I can't accept that. And again, that's come to my value and how we could uh, nurture our, our value. That was really a story. You say, okay, no, no more. No more someone who has to stop doing what he's passionate about because of his work. These stories are things we rarely hear about. And I, I really appreciate that you shared that. You know, it can be a life-changing thing that could be very avoidable, that really takes the person's life in a different direction. Exactly. Appreciate. Thanks, Carol. And one last question that I have is, if you zoom out into the future, is there one thing you wish to see become the norm in every organization that would improve sustainability and safety? I think I showed you two or three times in this conversation. I would like everybody being an holistic leader, thinking about planet, people, profits, and no more needs program or whatever to make sure that we take the right decision for planet, people, and profits. So that will be my dream. <laughs> Love it. And and do you have any other closing statement that you would like people to walk away with? I will go back to our motto and the movement we are launching within Pernod Ricard with be the one, be the one for planet mm. people, because we empower you to make it happen. Don't wait for someone telling you to do, do it, be the one. Love it. I'm going to steal that and use it, planet people and profit. Thank you so much for sharing that, Carol. It's been a great conversation. And before we wrap up, is there any channel that people can follow your journey through beyond LinkedIn? We'll share your LinkedIn for people to just follow you when we launch this episode, but anything else, any other way people can follow your journey? Don't hesitate to reach out to me. I mean, on this topic, we have to be humble. Sharing is caring. So if you have a good idea or if you want me to share, happy to do so. Amazing. Thanks again, Carol, and see you soon. Yes, Thank you for listening to the Safety Heroes podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to click follow. Until next time, stay safe.